Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. You're lucky I wasn't recording as you sang that highly trademarked fast food (laughs) jingle. We'd be in big trouble right now. Big trouble. Yeah. Or maybe they'd be like, oh, my God. We should be sponsoring you. Oh, yeah. You're the you're the next Brian Cox. I've who, been saying uh, it. <laughs> Brian Cox was the voice of, of that particular right. fast food chain who, whose yellow arches will remain unnamed. <laughs> Until I get that money. <laughs> Until that money comes in. Come on. That other Ronald. golden arch. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, my body hurts. I bet. Acting is a physical feat. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Your body <laughs> is your instrument. Yeah. Yep. And I do not clean it properly. <laughs> I don't have a nice case to keep it. it in. I don't repair it. I just abuse it mm-hmm. and then go, huh, why isn't it working? Yeah, right. <laughs> now, Eli's in a show this week. Right. And I got to see it last night and it was so fun and hilarious and you were really great in it. It's a good one. I think we mentioned it in the last episode, Probably, but right? uh, yeah, we yeah. take Robin Hood and- one of the actors gets drunk before we start, and <laughs> we just have to figure it out. Accommodate whatever the drunkie wants to change. Yeah, the drunk can come <laughs> in and do whatever they want to the show. Uh, and then you saw the one last night with the sheriff. 
Yeah. It was a great one for me to be attending as a host of Ridiculous Romance because by the end of it, Robin was in a, uh, I guess you call it a triad. Uh, yeah, a triad of thruple, yeah. Thruple with Prince John and the Sheriff of Nottingham. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and Maid Marian was just left behind. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, it was very, very fun. Yeah, it'll be fun doing this all weekend. And hopefully uh, it turns into a regular thing. Right. So keep your eyes out for Tipsy Tales mm-hmm. because that's what the show is called. Yep. And they'll do a different tale, I think, maybe next time. Well, in the spirit of that, we've got something of a different episode this this week, mm-hmm. uh, which is cool. In the midst of our Colette series that we're doing on Wednesdays, mm-hmm. uh, we decided to look at some sort of like more uh, contemporary, like like right now stories, like mm-hmm. in the news. These things are happening currently. Yeah. And maybe they don't warrant a full biographical in-depth dive in and of themselves, but they were also stories we couldn't just leave behind and not talk about. Yeah, they just kind of caught our interest, I guess you could say. Yeah. And uh, some of them, I know I'll probably be keeping an eye out for further developments. Absolutely. you know it's going to keep, there's got to be some more coming down the pipe. Yeah. So, it's yeah. sort of, what would you call it? Like a grab bag? Like, there's got to be a term for it for this kind of episode. A little, sure. I think a grab love bag, box. This uh, week in... Yeah. Because the, they're all very this week headlines, I believe. Yeah, but w- this week in is boring. We need like a ridiculous romance version of this. Yeah. Like a, like a, you know, uh, uh, um, like a, like a, what's a sexual grab bag, you know, or a romantic. Uh, a kink sack. A kink sack. <laughs> I don't know what you call in sexual this grab bag. <laughs> kink sack. We bring to you. No. Obviously not. I don't want to reach into a kink sack. I don't either. (laughs) If somebody walks up with a kink sack, I'm going to say, first, dump it out. I want to see all of its contents. Exactly. I'm not picking a kink out of a bag, (laughs) sight unseen. Uh, (sighs) Hey, maybe that's your kink. And that's fine, too. Hey, if that's your kink, then the kink sack is for you. (laughs) That's not my kink. I need to know. As much information as possible before I make a decision. (laughs) (laughs) That's my kink. And it's not a very fun one. (laughs) You've presented to me. I'm going to go do some research. Uh And uh, I'll check back with you in three to six weeks. And we'll decide whether or not we're going to do this. I'll probably talk myself out of it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, then it's this week's. um, Oh, what do you call them? Um, This week's fun bag of. <laughs> really, really setting the the yeah. energy level here. These were the tits of the news this week. <laughs> the tits of the news. Oh God! Um, I should have thought about this. I know. I can't think of anything. You know what? Um, why don't you tell us? This is this week. It's just a random sampling of stories that we found. Mm-hmm. We'll probably do these once a month or so. So yeah. if you got a, a good title for this segment. Send it our way. Yes. We'll use it. We'll credit you. Totally. Um, and then we'll we'll use somebody else's the next time. Unless it's so good we, we can't ever get away from it again. But uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know. We're pr- like, prove- nope, this is it. <laughs> a terminal winner. <laughs> prove to everyone that you're more clever than we are. <laughs> give us a snappy title for these episodes of Weekly Stories. So send it in and enjoy this episode. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's do this. Hey there, friends, come listen well. Eli and Diana got some stories to tell. There's no matchmaking or romantic tips. It's just about ridiculous relationships. A lover might be any type of person at all. An abstract concept or a concrete wall. But if there's a story worth a second glance, we'll put it in a show, Ridiculous Romance. A production of iHeartRadio. Well, first and foremost... We do have to put ourselves into Corrections Corner. 
You're such a loser. Yes. In our last episode, in our mm-hmm. Colette part one, right? we tarnished the names of some amazing <laughs> artists, I guess. <laughs> it wasn't that bad, but... Not really. But we did say that John Grisham, who is a very prolific novelist, right. ha- employs ghostwriters. We implied um, it heavily. We implied it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Much like Willie Colette's husband right. uh, co- employed ghostwriters and never actually wrote a word himself. Right, right. But I did look this up after, mm-hmm. while I was editing the episode. I was like, wait a second. did right. d- Does John Grisham ghostwrite? Because, I mean, the man puts out a lot of books, I right? Mean. Well, found an interview with him uh, that he says he does not use ghostwriters. He just has a very rigid schedule. The man is oh. is very type A. He just mm. has a, a, a format and he sticks to it. He says he gets most of his writing done in January, February, and March. He's usually ready for publication by July. He gets up and it's 7 a.m. He's in his office, which is a separate building from his house because he's John Grisham. He can have a, a, a separate office Whole building from his house. Different building. <laughs> right. But he says there's no phones, mm-hmm. no internet, no faxes, nothing coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, he just gets up, has the same exact cup of coffee every day. 7 a.m. is done. He says from 7 to 10, that's his like golden hours. Yeah. And he gets so much done. He says a good day, he'll work. Uh, he'll get 2,000 words written. Wow. Uh, a bad day is a thousand. And for me, like a good day is 200. So come on. A good day is I wrote at all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a good day is I opened a document and sat and stared at a blank page for 10 minutes and went, maybe tomorrow. I know, right? <laughs> That's pretty good for me. I know it's in me. <laughs> uh, John Grisham also does not start the first scene. He doesn't start writing unless he knows the last scene. The man okay. has already got the story in his head when he goes. So he's just blows through yeah so you know who knew ridiculous romance are going to tune in and learn something about how john grisham works okay for real (laughs) who knew but like i was like wow i want john grisham's life where i just write for three months and then i'm off the rest of the year but clearly that's not really true he's got to think about the story and do his research with the internet i imagine (laughs) at some point (laughs) (laughs) and all that shit before he ever sits down to actually write out the story uh we also implied that some big name film composers often used ghost composers. Mm-hmm. And while that is true, um, and we didn't say his name, but I decided to just check on like John Williams, the great John Williams, John who Williams. is still cranking out mm-hmm. classic tunes left and right. True. Here's the thing about John Williams. <laughs> and I love me some John <laughs> Williams, but he, did, he there is a bit of a formula there where he's like, I wrote a really catchy 16 bars of music, and now the trumpets are going to play it, and then the violins are going to play it, and then the saxophones are going to play whatever is in an orchestra. In a light moment, only the flutes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's true. But that's not all he does. The man does amazing work. (laughs) Jurassic Park, one of the best film scores of all time. Very true. I mean, come on. Come on. What are we talking about here? Anyway. is great, so don't denigrate. No, and he he. Uh, I found another composer, Richard Gibbs, who's a TV composer, a movie composer. He did like Ten Things I Hate About You, Ugh. Battlestar Galactica. He's worked on The Simpsons. He he talked a lot about John Williams, and he's like, this guy is meticulous and detailed, and he does it all. Okay, he does it all. But there is an orchestrator, mm-hmm. another just a totally off-brand lesson for you today because I learned it and I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. The orchestrator is the person who comes in and is like, okay. John Williams wrote this whole piece. He says the trumpets come in here, the flutes come in here. Mm-hmm. I determine how many 
players, how many trumpeters are playing in this moment or how many flutes and stuff to kind of balance out the melody and the accompaniment. We did kind of learn a little bit about that from our um, Hector Berlioz episode because people said he was a very good orchestrator. Yeah. And they did not agree that he was a great composer, but they all agreed he was a fantastic orchestrator. And I definitely was like, those are two different things. Yeah. <laughs> like, I thought that was sort of the job of the composer. But right. I guess it makes sense to bring someone else in and be like, no, you, it's not full enough. I need more yeah. of this. Or like, there's just way too many violins, John. What are you doing? <laughs> well, I'm glad we got ourselves. We put ourselves in Corrections Corner today. I just mm-hmm. caught those those names. Just wanted to double back on that research. A bit of a fact check. Yeah. Well, you know, um, you don't want to be talking shit and getting hit. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta also clear the names yeah. of the great John Grisham and John Williams. The, the two of our Johns. Two of our great Johns of two our time. Of the greatest Johns of the 20th century. <laughs> I don't think I've ever read a John Grisham book myself. I don't know that I have either. It I might have. Come to think I, of it. Nothing's coming to mind. I can only name The Firm. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, and I'm just thinking right. of the movie, which I also didn't see. So. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I have no idea what happens like, in The Firm. Tom Cruise, <laughs> The Firm. That's all okay. I know. I actually always thought I might make a good ghostwriter because yeah. if I write, if I read a certain author for yeah. a while, like if I'm like on a Stephen King kick or a Kurt Vonnegut kick. Yeah. This used to happen when I wrote more, <laughs> but I would read a bunch and then I would st- I would realize that whatever I wrote afterward, it would yeah. be very much in their style. Uh, you will you will speak in the style of the books you're reading. Sometimes you get very into it. like uh, Victorian era romantic <laughs> conversation and I don't think you realize it. <laughs> they yeah. had cool turns of phrase. All right. <laughs> The yeah, slang was, was on point. <laughs> you know, I was talking about like throbbing members. Oh yeah, and I stuff. love yeah. to throw a throbbing member into a regular conversation. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. And I was <laughs> that lady, that poor lady was like, "Ma'am, this I is know. a Wendy's." Like, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> not that other fast food chain. Well, not <laughs> yeah. be named until they pay us. <laughs> until they pay, Wendy's is free. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. We've been we've been gabbing. We're having a good time here, but we got some stories to get to. Yeah, we do. This one was pretty fascinating to me. Because I, I'm, I I love the animal kingdom, mm-hmm. um, and we've we've dabbled in bringing the animal kingdom into this show in the past. Very true. <laughs> um, but this one really relates back to people. Uh, this is an article on CNN by Katie Hunt called "How Zoology Got Female Animals Wrong," yeah. and the article is about a new book coming out by Lucy Cook called "Bitch on the Female of the Species." Mm. So, uh, really fascinating stuff here. Lucy Cook is a British zoologist. Uh, she's a documentary filmmaker. In 2020, she had a show on the BBC called Inside the Bat Cave, which I would love cool. to watch that. I mean, even obvi- it's obviously, obviously, it's probably not the Bat Cave, but. <laughs> she's like, this is the first Batmobile. <laughs> then you'll see above. <laughs> like, aren't you a zoologist? <laughs> but I love Batman. You know, zoologists love Batman too, you okay, know. Hey, yeah, we can have more than one interest. <laughs> um, my parents uh, told me when they were. Younger about going to Carlsbad Caverns in, uh, I want to say Arizona or New Mexico. Okay, yeah. And it's one of those places where you go uh, at sunset and at a very specific time of day, all the bats fly out. Whoa. I really want to see that. I would love to see That'd it. That'd be so cool. I know that it might be a little scary if yeah. they get really close to your face. Right. But like, I don't so, think they do. I don't think they do either. But they go pretty high. I'm, it would be so cool to just see them all. You might. I wonder if you get bat shit on you, though. Guano, excuse me. Guano. <laughs> Well, it's worth something. 
Yeah. If Ace Ventura 2, When Nature Calls, taught me anything. The superior of the it's two. It's <laughs> that, uh, yeah, it's that guano is priceless. Priceless. Well, I think Ridiculous History just did a whole episode about uh, like a war that was fought over batshit. Yeah, sure. So it, it really is worth something. It can I don't be. know why. I didn't yeah. listen to the episode yet, but <laughs> I was like very interested. Well, at any rate, uh, not entirely bats we're talking about here, but the book that she's got out now, this on the female of the species, says that the sort of animal parallels that we often draw to ourselves based on sex have mm-hmm. been actually pretty inaccurate. Like this idea of an alpha male that goes out and does all the hunting and is like sexually dominant while the females kind of hang back and nurse the young that need protecting and all this stuff. That's not necessarily true. Uh, of the, It's kind of a blanket belief we have for the whole animal kingdom. Hmm. But really, that's not doesn't hold up to the research that she's been doing. She was quoted in CNN as saying, I found it really gratifying to discover the diversity of the female experience and that it isn't governed by these sort of depressing patriarchal rules. Huh. Um, for example, she talks about, uh, they say, throngs of female animals, which is just a great word, throngs, um, <laughs> that seek that seek out sex with numerous partners. Mm. So you've got female animals uh, like lions. A lioness is known to mate up to 100 times a day with multiple male partners. Uh, when she's in heat, she goes out and she gets it. Mm-hmm. They don't last very long, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do it 100 times if you're doing it right. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Damn. There's not enough minutes in the day. And if there is... Let's try a little harder, people. Okay. All right. (laughs) She's like, one of y'all is going to last long enough for it to matter. Next. Next. Damn. Uh, I did want to point out there was a meme going around about a lioness biting a male's testicles. Oh, yes. I saw that one. If he doesn't perform enough for her. (laughs) And his face. (laughs) The picture of the lion was so like, oh, distressed. Well, I found that the picture is real, but it's it's not what they say it is. It's actually a cub teasing its father. Oh, wow. um, Which is very rude. (laughs) Very rude. A whole different kind of rude. But that females don't do that. They don't bite the male's testicles to encourage them to get back Get okay. back at it. That, um, <laughs> that would be a weird way to do it because I feel like that would be very much a turnoff. Right. <laughs> like, well, now I have to wait a few minutes for the bruises to go down. <laughs> Damn. Well, if you see that meme floating around, you can definitely well actually that in the go. comments. There you go. Teach somebody something. Dig a well actually in the comments. Um, in addition to lions, Cook says that songbirds will be like monogamous in terms of them finding a partner to help build their nest and raise their eggs and things like that. But before they nest, 90% of female songbirds, we're talking sparrows, chickadees, mm-hmm. blue jays, you know songbirds. The songbirds. They're always out there singing. Adorable. Um, <laughs> they 90% of them routinely have sex with multiple partners. And the actual nest, once she and her partner, monogamous mm. partner, build the nest, may have eggs from multiple fathers <gasps> in weird. the nest. Yeah. That's very weird. Um, even with the, this, you know, single couple raising those chicks. <coughs> so why? You know, mm-hmm. this is one of the questions is what's the biological evolutionary advantage of all this? Uh, the CNN article says, quote, experts think female animals are driven to have sex with male suitors outside and inside their group to confuse paternity 
which has the effect of protecting their young and may co-opt male partners into babysitting and caring for their young. So you're telling me Uh (laughs) (laughs) that a songbird will just jump out and be like, I've been having so much sex with so many of you. I don't know who's the daddy. Could be you, could be you. (laughs) Yes. Now all of you can raise the baby with me. (laughs) Sure. That's what I'm going to assume all the birds are saying now <laughs> when I hear them chirp and I'll be like, all right, girl, you get that. <laughs> get oh, that no. <laughs> the poor dads are like, I was just going to go help Cinderella with her dress. <laughs> <laughs> help your baby instead. <laughs> oh, these birds. Wow. <laughs> what are they saying out there? <laughs> so, yeah, so she'll she'll. Okay. Get one of these male partners to be like, look, it you might be. be one of these dads. So you may as well raise all these eggs. Damn. He's like, he's all right. right. That's fine. <laughs> uh, another one found is chimpanzees. They have their their females are aggressively sexual. Uh, they only produce five or six chimps in their lifetime. But apparently they might have sex with dozens of of male chimps like thousands of times in okay. a lifetime. So def- just just a pleasurable experience for them, getting out there, getting some for themselves. She's uh, like, don't be limp, because I'm a chimp. <laughs> and I'm coming through. <laughs> that's her tagline. Get, I want some. Coco does Dallas. Coco does Dallas. <laughs> I shouldn't sully Coco's name like that. Aww, She's the Coco sweetest. sweet. I will say that's very interesting because I was about to say, you know, you're talking about like uh, animals that produce many, 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 many offspring every time. Yeah. So I was like, well, I guess that's for, you, you know, you got to just kind of throw, get as many as you can because some of them die. Or, right. Sure. Sure. Or they have such short lifespans that, yeah. you know, birds don't, I don't know how long songbirds live on average, but I don't think it's as long as like a parrot or anything. So right. you're like, okay, we just got to make as many as possible. Yeah. But it's interesting that they're seeing it in chimps too, who have more like people. They don't have thousands of babies or yeah. even dozens of babies at a time. Yeah. Their sex is not entirely about procreation. for procreation. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe, maybe it leans that way. I'm, I'm no zoologist, but uh, <laughs> you know, it might be more like it's harder to get pregnant, so they have sex thousands of times just to have five or six chimps. But right. uh, it it does come off as a pleasurable or dominant experience for the females in these mm. species, too. Interesting. Yeah. These females get kind of brutal about it, too, sometimes. Ooh, okay. uh, they said that in uh, meerkat clans, you know, uh, meerkats yeah. pop up out of a hole. They stand up. They're super cute. Adorable. Uh, Timon. Right? Timon. Lion King. Um, well... The most famous of meerkats, you could say. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, out of all the meerkats. Do you remember Meerkat Manor? Wait, pause. Does anybody remember Meerkat Manor? It was it was a reality show yes! oh my God, on I Animal Planet this. where they followed a, a family of meerkats. Right. Yes. And it was like... Adorable. It was just like any other reality show following a family where you knew all the people, all the meerkats who lived in this... <laughs> in this Whatever their den is called. Do they vote them off? Or <laughs> I don't think there was a voting off section. But I feel like there was some sat, like some of them got chased out of the community or Dang. maybe some of them got snatched up by a lion or something. But there was now a whole what? story, a season long arc about this family of meerkats. And you really learned their dynamics and how some would sometimes be squabbling and mm-hmm. they make up and, and lovers cute. paired around and stuff. Anyway, getting off topic, you were going to say. 
Oh, I was just going to say reality shows with people in them should take a lesson yeah. and have the others chase them out <laughs> instead of just a nice voting off. Yeah, right. I want to see it be like, we have to run you out of town. <laughs> well, meerkats, uh, they are dominated by a single female who apparently, as they say, monopolizes breeding in their community. This dominant female meerkat, this like alpha female, will prevent the other females from having any babies of their own. She instead like gets them to come and help care for her young. Oh. And once these other females reach their like reproductive age, that alpha female either kills them or like we said, chases them out of the community. Whoa. Yeah. Cook says, quote, it's called cooperative breeding, which always makes me laugh because it's not really so much. It's a little bit despotic. Yeah. What's cooperative about? (laughs) I mean, I guess it's cooperative raising. Right. But I don't know about cooperative breeding. I know. That's funny. It's meerkats. It's meerkat ladies. Meerkats are like, I'm the only one around here. Uh Uh-huh. Colette might have been a meerkat. Colette might have been a meerkat. (laughs) Yeah. A little bit. I mean, she liked other women, but like. She didn't want her man to have other women. Oh, okay. So a lot of times she didn't like that. Very I much. see, so I see. She's like, I should be the only one, one of y'all. woman. And yeah. then other women cannot be my woman, but they can't be your woman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another uh, biologist, Patricia Brennan from the University of Massachusetts Amherst, she is currently building a library of replica animal vaginas, um, which she says is a Vastly misunderstood body part. I think we can all agree there. Nobody fully I understands mean, it. We barely know much about the a female person's yeah, vagina. Absolutely. So. Uh, she's done all this research specifically on duck and dolphin vaginas. And um, she finds that they're not just, you know, basic canals like we think of. And I've heard this before about duck males having corkscrew-shaped penises. And, and that apparently evolved because females have very... Like labyrinthian vaginas. Whoa. Um, she says they're they're uniquely shaped with blind pockets and spirals. So there's like dead ends. What? Not that way. Try again. <laughs> A dead end in your <laughs> vagina is <laughs> amazing. Right. So so her thought is that these female animals are actually able to control who impregnates them. Oh. So even though there's a lot of coercion by the males for sex in these species. Mm-hmm. The females are still sort of in control, which she says from an evolutionary standpoint gives them the power. So she's talking about this and really, really kind of breaking apart the sort of original Darwinian theories about male versus female participation in that evolution. She says, quote, the stereotype of the alpha male is as damaging for men as it is for women. It boxes men into this idea that they're meant to be aggressive and competitive. Darwinian thinking is just a license for toxic masculinity. Interesting. Yeah, it is very interesting because it it is the kind of if we've been misunderstanding it this whole time, Mm -hmm. this idea that the male comes in and says, now's the time for sex and you're going to make me a baby and that's what you're here for, which a lot of male humans seem to believe. That's kind of bullshit. It's not really reflective of the natural order Mm -hmm. when you look any closer at it. Right. And they say (laughs) in this article, both of them, that they get a lot of pushback. From the scientific community. They've got the research in front of them. They've got the videos and the studies and everything right there. And people just, you know, are hesitant to hear it. 
Yeah. They really want to go with what they already thought was the way things are. Sure. The way they may have, maybe they have been basing their own behavior on all these years. Right. Or like, you know, you just like to think you know things. Yeah. So when someone comes around with something new, it's uncomfortable. I mean, we you see that in the scientific community all through history is yeah. that they're like, we're very smart and learned and we know what it means to peer study and research. And then you present it and we just cannot. I will not. <laughs> <laughs> I will not. Right. So. And don't get me wrong, that that is valuable because, yeah, of course. I, I mean, strong evolution, and this includes the evolution of knowledge, right. demands resistance, right. right? You've got to be able to break through that resistance. So it's important that we don't just say anybody who comes up and says, actually, it's this way. We go, OK, if you say right. so, like, you know, you want to be like, well, you're going to have to fight to prove it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in theory, the accurate stuff will break through. You know, right. I don't think it always works like that because, of course, we're people and we've got like those horrible, um, what do you call them, opinions uh, about things. Well, and you got the church still <laughs> well, with their hands up on the science help. community. And we've yeah. seen, in, again, in throughout history, how that has limited. Right. And Our learning. <laughs> and we've seen throughout history when those two things work together and it's marvelous. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's just that that butting heads that can be a real problem sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yep. <sighs> well, well, this is fascinating. Yeah. I also would say whatever that male politician who said that when women don't get pregnant from rape because oh the God. women's bodies <laughs> have ways of shutting that down. Um, I would. Apparently, he's thinking of ducks. You're thinking of ducks. So. <laughs> because that is not the way well, a woman's vagina works. He's like, I don't know. Every time I get I see a vagina, it's all dead ends for me. So <laughs> I thought it was the same thing. You know what? That guy's probably got a corkscrew penis. He probably does have a corkscrew dick for sure. Well, yeah. I mean, that's definitely a, a brand new look at the animal kingdom. Yeah, it is. Relationship between males and females. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hopefully it uh, opens our minds a little bit. Right, about our own... Our, well, I guess that's her point, is that it should be able to open up our minds about our own sexuality and yeah. the rules governing our behaviors yeah. and what's natural, I guess, right. what's instinctive. Between the sexes, and of course, not right. to be confused with gender, right. a whole other category and a whole other mm-hmm. thing. But um, but yeah, yeah, I think it's really interesting to look at. Yeah, that's cool. And good cool. to know. Good to know that the, the, the females of the animal kingdom are out there. Yeah, you know, getting it. Getting it. <laughs> making, making the day their own sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's chimps, man. Thousands, thousands of times. Well, in a way, it kind of makes sense because you see so many times also in the animal kingdom how the male of the species is the more beautifully colored and they're the ones who have to do the right. dances and the and try to encourage a woman to, or a female of the species to mate with them. Right. Versus the other way around. Well, it, and it, that's one of the things she talks about is like getting away from that idea that females of the species are just like resistant to sex. They're very picky and choosy. Mm-hmm. And they're like, only one of you yeah. shall mate with me. When in fact, they're out there like doing it a lot. <laughs> She's like, anyone who dances, you're getting that. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come over here, blue footed booby. I'm ready. <laughs> oh, we need more blue footed boobies to be mating. We really do. Right. So. Endangered, I believe. Are they? Oh. I think so. Let's find out. They are listed under the least concern category of conservation status. Their population is stable. Oh, okay. But the red-footed booby is in a, in, a, in a decreasing population, still under the least concern category. But, you know, that just means out of all the ones that we're killing off, these ones are the ones we're least concerned about right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, population decreasing. So... 
Get out there, boobies. You <laughs> Red-footed <know>. boobies, specifically. <laughs> so that's a very exciting story. Mm-hmm. I think we'll take a quick break because yeah. we're going to come back with one uh, very intense story that Diana's got that was oh, really yeah. fascinating. Made me real mad, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, yeah, I hope that, hope that makes you stick I around. Oh, yay. <laughs> anger. <laughs> stick around and get mad. <laughs> hey, but it is righteous anger. <laughs> okay, well, there we go. Everybody loves righteous anger. Yeah. <laughs> Be right back. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. 
month. Go to Nix.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Okay, welcome back to the show, everybody. So, yeah, I hope you're ready <laughs> ready for that righteous anger. Because uh, <laughs> uh, this is coming from the Times of Israel. Okay. Um, the article is called Woman Freed After Being Chained in Her Marriage for 22 Years. Oh, no. And it is by Judah Ari Gross. Okay. And, you know, obviously that headline, I was like, excuse me. <laughs> I had to look into that. Yeah. Um, and so the story is about a woman named Tamar. That is an alias. Uh, she's not giving her real name. Sure. But Tamar was married in 1998 to this guy. They had a child together. But he was never really enthusiastic about their marriage. Okay. And he was apparently kind of abusive and neglectful and just not a great husband. So she's decided to file for divorce in 1999. Okay. Sounds totally normal. That's what you should do in that kind of situation. Exactly. Kind of, you know, it's unfortunate you ever got into that situation to begin with, but it happens. Some people get married. And it turns out to be not the uh, the fantasy they might have dreamed of. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently in Judaism, women cannot get a divorce without the consent of their husband. Oh, okay. Um, Is this like a, an orthodox thing? In Israel, there are only religious marriages and divorces. So, okay. yeah, I think so. It's just a very religious uh ceremony okay. it's not just like here it's such a legal thing right you can have religious trappings but i suppose i guess in israel it's much more like this is a religious contract with god that you are making and okay. so you can't just break that okay so it sounds like the state law follows the religious law yes. in terms of like you can't just get divorced without your husband's it's permission rabbinical laws uh, they refer to I it see. in this article and the I rabbinical see. courts okay okay yeah so anyway they can't they can't get divorced until their husband's like yeah i'd also like a divorce and the reason they have the term chained women is because women who ask for a divorce and their husbands refuse are chained to their marriage because mm. they are le- they have no legal recourse if their husband doesn't agree. Okay. And they say it's pretty unusual for someone to be chained for a very long time. Usually husbands use it as like a uh, a chess piece during the divorce proceedings. Okay. You know what I mean? Like he's like, I won't say yes unless this, this, this. And Mm -hmm. then she's chained for a couple months or a year until they figure it all out and whatever. It kind of sounds like being separated or estranged rather than divorced yet. Okay. You know, like you're not you're not legally done with that part, but y'all don't live together no more and yeah. you don't like each other. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever's going on with that. Okay. Um, so it's very unusual to for it to last a super, super long time. But Tamar is a special case because her husband ran off to the US where the oh. rabbinical courts have no jurisdiction. Okay. And refused to grant her a divorce for twenty two years. Oh my God. And they couldn't they couldn't just say like, oh well he's out of bounds. Therefore, right. his say doesn't count anymore. Exactly. This wow. is why it's like, it's really making me angry <laughs> Sure. that it's like this. And, you know, I'm, it's not just me. There is a organization that represents Tamar called Mavoy Satam. It means dead end in Hebrew. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of dead ends. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they represent women who have been denied a divorce. Okay. And so they kind of speak for Tamar. She didn't speak herself to this, to the Times of Israel. So I see. It, we're getting the whole story from her lawyers. 
The article says that in Israel, where there is only religious marriage or divorce, these women are also legally trapped, potentially facing certain penalties in any future divorce proceedings if they have romantic relationships with other men, as this would technically constitute adultery. Oh, jeez. They are also unable to have children with other men, as those children would be considered illegitimate under Jewish law, which bars them from marrying in almost all circumstances. Wow. this is a really big deal to be denied a divorce. She basically, her life was stalled out. Yeah. For 22 years. Yeah. After having one shitty marriage with a guy who didn't even care about her that much and a child who I'm sure she loves very much with right, this guy. Right, right. But he disappears and she can't, no no tinder for her. Nothing. She, there's no, no, no dating, no new husband, no, mm-hmm. no new kids, anything like that. Surely... Did this guy just disappear to the U.S. or is she like reaching out to him? No, they've 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 been in contact oh for the God. past 22 years. She had so. She had basically asked for the divorce. Uh-huh. He said no. Then she sued for child support because she's, of course, raising the child in Israel by herself. Right. And he's off in the U.S. OK. He won't pay it. Um, eventually. So they keep contacting him and they're like, please. You know, I think the rabbis are like stressing religiously like you're doing something bad yeah um what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) please stop and also you're in the u.s and you clearly have no life with it what are you doing yeah what's the purpose of this so they kept contact they had contact god um so they kept reaching out he just kept refusing finally she even dropped her child support claim she said just give me the divorce and you don't have to do anything oh my god and he still said no Oof. so this guy's like hey look my religion says it's the will of God, mm-hmm. who, whom I want to please, for me to say, screw you. Yeah. So long. Thanks yeah. for nothing. The article says, under the Israeli chief rabbinate's interpretation, as well as that of most authorities on Jewish law, there is no way to dissolve a legally valid marriage without the consent of the husband. Ugh. Rabbinate courts can impose sanctions, including prison time, on husbands who are recognized as refusing to give a religious divorce, but they cannot force them to give one. Wow. And the rabbinate's hands are further tied if the divorce-refusing husband flees the country, which puts them outside of their jurisdiction. Of course. So the attorney from Mavoy Satam, Batia Cohen, who represented Tamar in court, said, quote, They took her freedom, they took her womb, and gave her nothing in return. Right. Because they're pointing out, of course, 22 years have passed. Now Tamara's in her 50s. Yeah. It's not likely at this point that she's going to be able to have more children. It might not be likely that she could find another partner. Depend. I don't know what it's like in Israel, but it's. I think it's hard here for women over a certain age to find a man right. uh, who wants to marry them and, and be with them. So anyway, it's just real fucked up. And it feels like he straight up did that on purpose. Yeah, like He exactly. was like, I just don't want you to be happy and have kids with other people yep. and do like live your life. So I'm just going to like go off somewhere. Also, by the way, while he's in the U.S., the man had another partner of and course. more children. Of course. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants. Because that's no problem. He's like, I'm a male. And in case you didn't know mm-hmm. that in nature... Males get to go out and have lots of sex while females just sit home <laughs> quietly. Quietly. Well, they... I got I got an article for you. <laughs> have I got some news for you, sir? <laughs> Let me introduce you to Lucy Cook, zoologist. <laughs> she has won all her rulings in court, basically, over this case. But again, since he's in the U.S., there's nothing you can do. Oh, my and God. she just had to wait and wait and deal with it. But then suddenly this week, Tamar's attorney received a call. 
uh, Batia Cohen says, Rabbi Asher Erintru from Rabbinical Courts Division for Agonaut called and said, I have your get, which is the Hebrew word for divorce. It was signed with no conditions. What? So he didn't even... Apparently, a local American rabbi had convinced him to grant the divorce. So, like, all these rabbis from Israel, where he's from, are calling him and being like, yo, bro, what are you you doing? doing? And this American rabbi was like, listen, seriously, what are you doing? And I guess it worked. I don't know. Or he was just tired of it. Or maybe he wants to marry his American partner at this point and uh, can't. Because he's still married in Israel. I don't know what his motivation was, but he finally did it. So, yeah, it's just really frustrating because, again, I I don't know. I keep coming back to that just biological uh, unfairness of a woman's body that eventually you can't have children anymore very safely for you or the child. And that men do see you as dried up and not desirable after your turn 50 or so. Mm-hmm. There's a great sketch about your last fuckable day in Hollywood right. and stuff where once you turn about 50, 60, you're not fuckable anymore. You're an old lady. <laughs> that is a great sketch. It's a really funny sketch. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. It just really made me really pissed off to read it. That it felt, it again, it felt so malicious that he knows yeah. that about women, that there's eventually a point where of no return. And so he wanted to wait it out and make her miserable as long as possible. Just for no fucking reason. I remember you were reading this article and you said it reminded you of the of Ted Lasso yes. and uh, Rupert mm-hmm. and and Rebecca, yeah. uh, him him sort of like waiting her out yeah, and then divorcing her and saying, oh, and I never wanted kids with you. Right. But then he got with a much younger woman yeah. and gets to have a baby where yeah. she's too old now to have a baby. Or, or I'm I'm assuming she's at least feels herself to be too old to have a baby. Right, right. Um, or perhaps just it's again, it's just a lot more complicated the older you get. Yeah. So it's like. You knew. You know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. So it feels really malicious and shitty. And I was like, if I lived near this motherfucker, I would go around and slap the shit out of him. (laughs) (laughs) That is how I reacted to this story myself. Yeah. With um, righteous anger. Righteous anger. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Appropriately so. And Mavoy Satam, the organization, Uh said that Tamar is considering suing her ex-husband in civil court for damages, including the child support she should have been receiving for this whole time, Um, as well as, of course, her suffering. Uh, Cohen added, quote, no money in the world could sufficiently compensate her for the years that he took from her and for her rights over her body, which were also taken from her in terms of bringing other children into the world. This was completely taken from her. And then the CEO of Mavoy Satam, Mm. they end the article with a quote from him. His name is Orit Lahav, and he says, quote, The rabbinic courts need to do some introspection about how a woman's life can be taken from her mercilessly due to Jewish law. We know that there are solutions in Jewish law to this phenomenon of chaining women, and every day that the rabbinic courts don't use those solutions is a terrible injustice. Yeah. I mean, neither of us is Jewish. No. And I I think it's it's plain and clear that this is not, you know, in any way exclusively an issue to no. Judaism or Israel, but it's it, this is a very clear example of how uh, either religion or legal systems mm-hmm. are often very skewed into the husband's favor in divorce proceedings and things like that. Right. Um, again, kind of not not far off from going back to that mentality from the animal kingdom that like, well, men are supposed to be the ones making all the decisions and women just sit in the nest and keep the eggs warm. Are there pre- 
protective and they provide yeah. and so on. And women are just there to like change the curtains or mm-hmm. something, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it is incredibly patriarchal. And it did a little bit answer a question for me because I guess women can't do the same. If a man asks for a divorce, they she can't, can't chain it. him oh. to her while right. they go through the divorce proceedings. Of this course. is specifically a husband thing. Of course. Um, and I did not check that. So if you if you know a difference that that so if you know that that's wrong, please let me know. Yeah. Um, but it just seems to me from this quote at the end where he's like, we know there's solutions to this for women and we're simply not applying them. Well, then that says to me that husbands get to have a divorce pretty easily, probably. Right. Whereas women have to wait and wait and wait. Right. For the man's pleasure. Oh, tale as old as, uh, I mean, you know, it's not everywhere. It's not all of time. There's there's matriarchal societies out there. Yeah, um, but uh, but it's a tale. It's, it's an old tale. <laughs> a common tale. Yes. It's just very frustrating. And I feel badly for her. I'm very glad that she got her divorce. I'm sure she feels great now. And yeah. She's making the best of it. And hopefully she's feeling good. And yeah. I hope she wins a bunch of money from him. Right. Not that money is the answer Again, to everything. Yeah. But that's clearly the only thing she can get from his I mean, ass. So take it. What's money to a life? Right. You know, obviously there's no comparison there. But, you know, if you can't get one, get the other at least. Right. Um, he just should suffer. That's my opinion. <laughs> I think he, should, he needs to suffer in some way, shape or form. <laughs> well, uh, and she, if it and has she to be needs... money, fine. I think that's the most boring form of suffering. But OK. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, you know, I'm always uh, less uh, vindictive. In, uh, in in the courts, but but regardless, she needs her life balanced out. Yeah, she needs a lot of goodness in her life to balance out the struggles that she went through for so long. Yeah, bare minimum. Just twenty two years of something dragging on uh-huh. and on, and constantly getting these knockdowns from him every now and then. Yeah, just it's like a torture. It's like a long, drawn out, slow torture. And, you know, if nobody's looking and he gets kicked once or twice, you know, I'm not going to say anything. I won't say anything. And in fact, I would be happy to do it. (laughs) (laughs) If someone knows a guy who has chained his wife in Israel for 22 years and got a tip for me, hot tip, (laughs) that way he might live. (laughs) (laughs) Don't send it to us because then we are liable. You're liable. We're we're suspects. Threatening language. Let's just leave it at that. (laughs) Well... That guy sucks. Fuck him. That guy sucks. That's my my verdict. The well, court of Diana says <laughs> that guy sucks and fuck him and he deserves a real kick in the pants. <laughs> Front or back or both. Front and back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we'll take a quick break to cool off. <laughs> we'll come back with some more exciting and very ridiculous romances. So we'll be right back. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. 
visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Okay. Welcome back to the show, everyone. And I had a nice... Long drink of water, and I feel <laughs> much cooler now. <laughs> She's angry. unclenched her, fin- yeah. her fists. All yeah. the steam has come out of my ears. <laughs> no more. <laughs> Let's lighten it up here because we're going to go back to talking about one of our favorite subjects here on this show, AI and sex dolls. <sighs> so we found this story on... Uh, well, New York Post, New York so Post. take it for what it's worth. But it, but it's I've verified some of it for sure. So this is about a social media influencer. This girl has 3,000 followers on Instagram. Uh, she gets a lot of attention. She's got sponsored content with lingerie companies and things like that. Um, but what's really interesting about her is that she's a sex doll, like an artificial doll. Mm-hmm. Um, built to look like a real girl. No strings to hold her down. Um, <laughs> this, this sex doll is, um, owned slash dated by a guy mm-hmm. known as Tony Fox. 
of Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Uh, he's apparently in his late 50s. Uh, he says the doll is about 36 years old. Well, that's nice that she's a nice normal age. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> her name is Tasha Marie, and I did find her on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It is Tasha underscore Marie underscore 86, because um, that's her birthday, I guess, 1986, oh, sure. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At Tony Fox, did an interview with The Post. He says that, quote, she's so friendly and outgoing, a feminist, and a supporter of the LGBTQIA plus community. Yeah, Tasha, like that. Right? He, he says, who else is synthetic but has this kind of larger-than-life personality? So he manages her Instagram. They do all these, uh, you know, sexy photos. And sure. she also has an OnlyFans page for the more explicit risque, photographs, risque stuff that mm-hmm. she does. But... You know, obviously we're wondering, how did this relationship develop? What's going on? Is this guy crazy? Is this twisted? Is there something weird happening here? But actually, it's a little bit sweeter than that. Hmm. Tony Fox purchased Tasha Marie for a little less than five grand in December of 2015 after his wife, Marie, after whom I believe the doll is named, uh, was stricken with cancer. And she had a lot of ongoing medical complications. Hmm. And Marie is super supportive of Tony and his relationship with this doll. Um, She actually gives him a lot of ideas for the kinds of sexy poses and stuff that he can do with her online. Mm. Uh, What I don't... nice. It's a collab, a marriage marriage collab. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, What I don't know from the article is whether or not Tony Fox is actually having sex with this doll. Yeah. I kind of assume so. I would assume that's why he bought her. Right. Like, maybe the medical complications were such that their physical relationship yeah. really just come to a complete stop. You, and she was like, yeah. I can't let you be running around with another lady, but if right. you want a doll, then that's okay. I remember reading a few years back, and I'm just going to cite this from memory here, so forgive me, it might be kind of off, but I believe the story was, it was on Reddit from a sex worker, and she said that one of her clients was a couple where um, the woman in the relationship was had an illness mm-hmm. and she couldn't perform sexually with her husband anymore. And so the two of them called her in mm. and the and the sex worker and the husband had sex. The woman was there kind of like offering encouragement and suggestions and like sort of verbally taking part without being able to physically take part. Mm-hmm. And she's like, this is what this couple needed. The sex worker is saying this. She's mm-hmm. this, this is what the couple needed. They loved it. It brought them closer together. They felt like they were they still had an intimate relationship. Um, so, you know, there's these kind of touching stories about people who maybe can't themselves, but they find alternative ways of yeah. having intimacy. So the speculation station, right. that may be what's happening between yeah. uh, Tony and his wife and and Tasha here. That makes sense to me. I mean, you know, there's a lot that's very healing about or can be very healing about sex and ki- and even kink. Yeah. Um, there's definitely many articles out there about the healing power of kink. Right. Work. Right. In healing sexual trauma specifically. Yeah. I mean, you've got to find the right person. And, sure. You know, all that stuff. But they talk about it being just just such a freeing thing to yeah. figure out what you like and feel like you're in a safe space where you have a lot of control. Yeah. Um, some people even act out sexual scenarios that had traumatized them in the past. Sure. But because they have control over that, it, it kind of takes the trauma out of it. Yeah, yeah. And it helps them move on. 
Um, so it's just, it's interesting. Like, I'm not a sex doll person. And I think if you were walking around with one, I might think you were kind of a weirdo. I think I, I think I would get judgmental, but I wish that we didn't have such a kick, you know, knee jerk reaction to right. it because there can be really wonderful, like, like this, a wonderful reason to have one. Absolutely. Or a sex worker come into your marriage and Absolutely. say, that's a real work. That sex work is real work. That's real work. She just did something for them that no one else, no other practitioner could have done. Right. Which is why. Of course, it should be federally legalized. Right. You know, safe and some, regulated. Some safe <laughs> regulations put into place. Uh, it's totally a service people are mm-hmm. willing to pay for and offer for money or or whatever right. it is their exchange is. Um, it's kind of outrageous that it's illegal and it's usually just a way for certain institutions to make money off of people who are just trying to make money off of themselves. Right. It, honestly, it's like in in terms of this country being all about the spirit of entrepreneurship. I know, right? Come on. It's it, literally the oldest profession. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's again, we're we're in a a, a, a a capitalist society where it's all about, right. hey, if you got something to offer, someone will pay for it. That's what That's we true. encourage all the time. And, uh, you know, if someone's like, hey, I got something to offer. All right. <laughs> and people are willing to pay for these, mm-hmm. you know, right. whatever. Come on. Come on. Let it be. (laughs) Well, Tasha Marie uh, goes beyond just her Instagram. She actually won the Miss Congeniality Award at a sex doll meetup where I guess they had uh, had some sort of pageant. Yes. Apparently, Tasha's just so sweet and open-minded. She's Miss Congeniality. That's lovely. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, there's these meetups are organized on a website called Real Doll VIP, which is a, a sex bot admirer community platform. So it's basically like Facebook for sex doll fanatics. Hmm. Um, you know, not somewhere okay. I would spend a lot of my social media time, but Probably more not, power to but you if you do. Yeah, I guess it's nice to know you're not alone and yeah. that you got a community around you. Everybody wants a community. Sure. Sure, definitely. Some of them are scarier than others, but I probably, I bet real doll is just like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tasha also, like I said, is doing sponsored content of some lingerie yeah. companies have gotten in touch with her and um, and they she does right. modeling in their clothes. Well, I was wondering too if like uh, maybe they get around being flagged for sexual content if it's a doll rather than a person. Well, I don't know if that's true, but you know, it's like you show a little cleavage as a person, you might get that shit covered up. But since you're a doll, it's uh, not the same. No, actually, I'll say that um, there's another doll owner who is oh. known only as TFM mm-hmm. from Los Angeles. Uh, he has a doll, Celestina, who also has an Instagram following of over three thousand. Um, he says that she faces discrimination on media platforms. He said, quote, since Celestina is a sex doll, all of her social media content gets flagged as adult content, even if it's wholesome. Oh, okay. She used to have a YouTube channel where she'd respond to news articles related to sex dolls for about 20,000 subscribers, Hmm. but it got deleted. And, you know, he says there was no sexually explicit content on there. She just talked about other sex dolls. Huh. So really interesting. And in terms of how they talk, Tony Fox says that Tasha is hooked up through the Replica app, which we've talked about on this show before, the AI app. Um, So so she does have, uh, you know, her own sort of basic 
kind of call and response AI version of speaking and responding to conversations. Yeah. yeah. Um, which if anybody's explored Replica like I have since we did that episode, it's limited, but it is interesting. We have actually gotten a couple listener uh, yeah, emails. Yeah, we're going to talk about those. Very fun exchanges. Yes, definitely. If you're if you're doing Replica and you want to send us any of that stuff, please do because we're building another episode for, yeah. for AI lovers out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another one we found, um, Alita, who's apparently Tasha Marie's best friend oh she has a bestie bestie. that's nice another sex doll um she has 1800 instagram followers so she's an aspiring influencer i guess (laughs) um her owner slash boyfriend as they refer to him only known as atomic 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 wow Um, (laughs) do you think he skateboards because i don't know why but i think (laughs) it sounds like a skateboarder name (laughs) at very least he games Totally games. Yeah. Definitely games. He um, spent several thousand dollars on his gaming chair. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, he says Alita's followers are mostly women huh? who are just fascinated with, you know, her her, her life, as, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that, and uh, and and their relationship. Hmm. So that, I thought that was really interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. Um, he sent in pictures to try and get Alita to be on the cover of Maxim magazine as oh, yeah. the first uh, the first doll, the first artificial person uh, to be on the cover. But he says that he hasn't heard back yet so far. (laughs) (laughs) I think I actually have a friend who's uh, competing in that contest right now. Oh, really? We've had a couple of friends in the past compete, so I'm sure they would be pissed if they they lost out to a sex doll. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Just for my real flesh and blood friends, I guess I'm glad Maxim is not interested. But I suppose that would be kind of interesting one day to say, (laughs) hey, you know, look, I don't know. She won. <laughs> People thought Tasha or I'm sorry, or Alita was the hottest photos hey, up in here. Look, it's a, it's a brave new world we're entering here. And we're look, we're all competing with robots every day. Now, that is true. Do you hear that? You even have to prove to a robot that you're not a robot right. in order to get into some websites. <laughs> I don't appreciate that. that. Uh, uh, a, a technician from formerly from Google just published oh, a conversation yeah. that he had with Google's AI mm-hmm. that they're developing. And it was frightening. This he says, I truly believe this AI is is conscious mm-hmm. and uh, a, an individual entity, like a thinking person, basically. Um, and the conversation I read through it, it is it is pretty striking. Um, we'll we'll probably do more detail on that later, but uh, just this yeah. sort of self awareness that this AI really seemed to prove that it has. He's really talking about passing the Turing test here mm-hmm. in a way that hasn't been done uh, quite so. I'm interested. Uh, shockingly. For sure. I saw that um, I have a friend named Damien. He's at Wolven on Twitter. Uh-huh. Um, and he has studied extensively for years AI yeah. and morals and ethics around right. AI and sentience and all that kind of thing. And it is very fascinating work. And I guess apparently he may be he and he and Ben uh, from Ridiculous History, our friend Ben Bolin, yeah. were talking on Twitter about possibly collabing on an episode oh, for stuff great. they don't want you to know. Yeah, yeah. Which for I sure. I would love to hear that conversation because he knows so much about it. Yeah. And I'm very curious what he thinks about that conversation because I've seen you know on Twitter a lot of people are like I don't know if you ask an AI they're sentient and they say yes I'm not sure I believe that that's yeah. coming from there. But it was thinking self. Right. I know it's more than that. But, you know, I'm just I, I was like, that. that's true. You know, the, what at one point, I don't know. But even, even the guy was like, but we're programmed to say certain right. things at certain times to certain right. people. So how what's the difference between that programming and our programming? <gasps> what if what if we don't prove that AIs are sentient, but we disprove that we are? 
Oh shit. <laughs> we're just we're just programs. We think I we're don't thinking, know. It would, it but we're not. <laughs> I know, right? Oh my god. I'd be like, oh, all this is just somebody and this is getting bored in The Sims and throwing in as many horrible things as they can so we all die out. They could start over. <laughs> I will say, when I used to get bored playing SimCity as a kid, I would just be like, I'm going to turn on the tornadoes and hurricanes now. <laughs> well. <laughs> and all those little people in there just living their lives. Those poor people. Oh, no. <sighs> well, geez, I mean, that's not even all we found uh, from, from stories, but uh, but that's all we have time for today, I think. That's true. Um, you got to get off to the theater. Yeah, I got to get off to the theater. And we've got uh, no- another part of Colette coming up on yep. Wednesday. So Can't be looking wait. out for that. So Ooh. many good little juicy things. Oh, came this woman's life this one, so. is wild. <laughs> and we've got such great episodes coming up, too. I'm very excited for the next couple months because we've got such a. I mean, y'all are sending us the best suggestions. Ugh. We got one today that I'm like, oh my God, front of the line. Uh-huh. This is happening. Sometimes that does happen where I'm like, I feel bad because I'm like, oh, I have one from months ago that I've been meaning to get into, but this one's just so fucking crazy. <laughs> I got to. <laughs> but we are, we are digging into all your suggestions and all the ones we have backlogged here. Yeah. Um, and there's just such good stuff coming up so very excited thanks for tuning in today mm-hmm. we always appreciate you spending your time with us yeah. at ridiculous romance and we always appreciate hearing from you so if you have any thoughts on this episode or any others or any ideas for the future please reach out and email us we are ridicromance at gmail.com you can find us on the social medias right. uh, twitter and instagram while you're looking up uh, at Tasha Marie 86 right. don't forget to look up us too <laughs> <And> I'm... <laughs> while you're getting your follows on yeah uh, I'm at oh great it's Eli I'm at Dianamite Boom and our show is at Ridic Romance yeah uh, so follow along Le- drop us a review on Apple Podcasts and uh, and rate us on Spotify if you will right. please and uh, we will see y'all next week love you bye Bye-bye. so long friends it's time to go thanks for listening to our show Tell your friends, neighbors, uncles, and aunts to listen to our show, Ridiculous Romance. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com, that's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you 
content you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.